today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Cash and Carry Kitchens. At the heart of Irish homes for over 40 years. Cashandcarrykitchens.ie Now though, we've been hearing a lot in recent days about the cost and regulation of special emergency arrangements for children who are in state care and amid calls for the practice of these unregulated placements to end, our reporter Brian O'Connell has been speaking to one mother about her son's case. So Brian, there were an awful lot of people who got in touch with you after your report aired last week. Yes, good morning Claire. I suppose just to take you back to last week, we were able to report just how much the state was paying to private operators for these special emergency arrangements which are used to support and keep safe some of our most vulnerable children, many of whom have complex needs. Now, these spaces are used when regulated spaces are not available and they can be hotels, houses, apartments. The issue arises because these services, they're not inspected by HICWA, they're not regulated in the way, say, foster homes or different types of residential care would be. Tusla say they conduct audits, but as we saw in reporting uh, in the Irish Times this week, there are serious issues around guard vetting uh, being provided uh, perhaps by one provider at uh, the standard of checks of staff were reported to be inadequate in at least one setting. Now since our report last week I have as you said been contacted by a number of people with concerns by social workers uh, people in the legal profession and by families of people who are currently in one of these placements. And you want to bring us one family's experience this morning. And we're not going to identify in which county this family has been accessing services but this parent got in touch with us and she says she has been asking questions of Tusla around the standard of care her son is receiving for the past number of years. He was placed in an SEA, a special emergency arrangement. She believes there are serious questions around the level of training some staff who were meant to be supervising her son had around the appropriateness of this kind of service for children who many of whom have very complex needs and around why exactly the state is spending so much on a service she believes has had very uh, little positive impact on her son. We know over 70 million euro for example example was spent on this type of care last year. This is some of this parent's experience with SEAs and she began Claire by telling me about her son and about his needs. Things have been very very difficult. He, you know, he, he had very complex issues and you know I, I'd had problems over the years I suppose getting proper diagnosis and getting the proper interventions in care but my understanding all along was that he would now um, he would now get the help that I that we'd been looking for first placement broke down because the help didn't come mm-hmm. um, and this is why he ended up then in a hotel, his first hotel. So these are the special emergency arrangements and he's been in a number of these settings I'd imagine. So thus far he's been in two hotels, three apartments in one location, um, another apartment in another location, a house, another apartment house and all with I think we, we've dealt with four different agencies. To your mind in terms of the standard of care how would you describe it? Very basic I mean I did joke that you know I could set up an agency if they were trained at all it was at a very low level maybe a tech level five social care they weren't qualified or equipped to deal with um, with any child or any person with complex issues. It was a babysitting service and not a particularly good one at that. And the providers would have to declare that their staff meet certain criteria, but it's essentially unregulated. Oh, absolutely. They were described by social workers as an ad hoc arrangement and an emergency arrangement. And four years later, he was still... I suppose being supported 
by staff from from one of these agencies. So that's that's not emergency as, as far as I know it. Now, Brian, last week we know people who were listening will remember you interviewed Nula Ward in the Ombudsman for Children's Office and Nula had strong words to say about those placements. Well, she called for these practices to end. She outlined concerns the Ombudsman has around these arrangements. She felt we were, in a sense, repeating some of the mistakes of the past around care by relying on these services. And she pointed to the fact they've actually stopped using these kinds of uh, care model in the UK. We know Tusla said each child in these arrangements has access to a social worker. But I asked a parent we just heard from, what level of supervision was there in these placements in relation to her son? For instance, in the first hotel he was in, there was an adjoining room. So there was a, you know, there was a door into into the room next door. He was on his own in his room. And as far as I was aware, there were two staff on duty at any given time. I went to visit him one day. I sat in the room with him for an hour. I never heard, saw or heard any of the staff. And when I was leaving, I knocked in. I only saw one staff member and they were in bed asleep. I know there was another occasion when he had another young person in the room with him for an afternoon and evening. And the staff were never aware that that other person was in the room. Okay, so clearly concerns around supervision. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he, you know, he, he, he regularly left the hotel. What have Tusla said to you when you've uh, made complaints or when you've asked about the service? They would say that that's very concerning. That's very worrying. Thank you for letting us know. Um, we know these aren't ideal arrangements, et cetera, et cetera. And I know from speaking with the Ombudsman's office last week, they essentially called for this practice to end. What would you be saying as a parent? I I would be saying, I mean, absolutely, uh, this practice should end. He was in care to get, I suppose, in the hope that he would receive appropriate um, intervention to to help him with his complex needs. Mm -hmm. Um, And the failings in that end of things, all the way up to these, uh, these, these special arrangements, there's just been a breakdown the whole way along in, in his care, I suppose. It's so costly. We know he needs X, Y, and Z. Um, if these, if these, I suppose, um, interventions were put in place, he could be back home much sooner and not costing the state so much. And Brian, you had a statement from Tusla in relation to this. Well, we shared some of the details with Tusla. Tusla say they cannot comment on individual cases. When an individual person or family enters a relationship with the public service, they are entitled to expect that information generated in that relationship is treated in confidence. It's critically important in the subject matters in which Tusla is involved. They say if an individual has a concern about a Tusla service or is unhappy about their experience of engaging with a Tusla service, it's important they report their concern directly to a staff member or provide feedback through our TELUS process. I do know, Claire, that the child in question is not in care currently. I also know the family did make multiple complaints, including to senior management level during the course of previous care when issues arose. Okay. now the issue of special emergency arrangements, it was debated yesterday in Leinster House, wasn't it? There's a significant amount of political focus on this issue now. Uh, Someone who has raised this a number of times is AN2 leader and Meath West TD, Padder Tobin. This is some of what he had to say in the Dáil yesterday. Last week on RTE Radio, Tusla CEO stated that staff and SEAs were absolutely vetted. Now we know that an internal Tusla report in July found that staff did not have up-to-date guard clearance. 
Why are you underfunding the voluntary and the regulated sectors? And that is at the heart of this, this uh, situation. They cannot provide the necessary places because they are underfunded, Minister. And you know, the fact is we're pumping astronomical money into dodgy profit-motivating companies with poorer, unregulated services. That's Pather Tobin. And then the Public Accounts Committee, as per their remit, focused on the financial side of these arrangements and just how much it's costing the state. Absolutely. The PAC, PAC took interest in these special emergency arrangements. Uh, they were presented with evidence that the amount Tusla is spending on emergency rented accommodation has risen more than tenfold in recent years. Labour TD Alan Kelly said the increasing use of special emergency arrangements is quite worrying and he described the rising cost as incredible. As we reported last week, the bill, as I said, for last year was over €70 million. Euro. One of the reasons given for the increase in demand for services was unaccompanied young people seeking inter national protection. In Ireland, for example, Tusla CEO Kate Duggan said there had been a 500% increase in demand for Tusla services. She said we've had to respond to 1,200 young people who turn up in our office, brought from the IPO office, who on that night have to be found a bed. Last week, she said there were about 115 young people in an emergency arrangement. She said along with 61 young people from what they call their mainstream system. Uh, numbers have doubled, she said, since she joined the agency. All right, this is something I'm sure we're likely to hear more about in the coming days and weeks. But for now, Brian O'Connell, thank you very much for that. Coming up next, the former state pathologist, Mari Cassidy, on why she's joining an organisation which helps victims of crime to navigate the court system. Text 51551. Today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1.